Hello everyone, welcome to Word with Dave Clay. So there's this old adage, if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it, does it make a sound? It does if it's a dishwasher. (laughs) Those two things may not seem to necessarily relate or In trying to make this analogy resonate, it may take a little bit of effort to get to the point. But nonetheless, I think there is a common dimension to both dishwashers and trees falling in the forest. But it has nothing to do with sound. It really has nothing to do with the function of either, except in this way. My wife, me, (laughs) we share responsibilities. Uh, Neither of us like to do housework, uh, including (laughs) doing the dishes. Now, that's not such a problem because I think most of us would have access to a dishwasher. I want to uh, express my condolences to those who may not have one. I'm not talking about maid service. (laughs) I'm talking about uh, an actual dishwashing machine. I suppose what the appliance is what it's called. But oftentimes the idea of washing dishes and then within the context of a maid or servant, and I only use the word maid, I know it sounds a bit sexist, but men could be maids too. Women or maids, I mean, just anyone who, housekeepers, house attendants, let's put it that way. But you would ask my wife, myself, and our teenage son, do you want to do the dishes? And, of course, nobody does. And with that, then, meaning and purpose seems to come up in it in this way. Is that all I am? (laughs) Somebody who... Does the dishes, could be anything else, cleans the bathroom, uh, picks up, runs the sweeper. These are all tasks that have to be done. And we can go back and forth on whose responsibility it is. And as much as there needs to be somebody to do it, it doesn't seem to be anybody's desire to identify with the person or the notion that they would like to be the housekeeper, the person who does all the menial tasks. But I'm sure dishwashers don't ask themselves those type of questions or don't even get into those type of discussions. Uh, Is this who I am? Is this my meaning in life? Is this my purpose in life? It seems like the only thing that any of you, and it could be me saying that to the rest of the family, my wife saying that to the rest of the family, even my teenage son, is you just want me here to clean things up, to fix things up, to repair things, to do all those housekeeping sort of chores. That's what I like about dishwashers. They don't ask that question. Trees falling in the forest. If nobody's there to hear them, it doesn't matter if they make a sound. You can ask that question, unless you're a lumberjack, I suppose, or I guess even that sounds a bit sexist. I apologize. It's these these words that 
Now all of a sudden, I have to be careful how I, I use words, what words I choose to use, how I use them. Those individuals who cut down trees in the forest for lumber. <laughs> then I might offend environmentalists because some people hate the idea of cut down trees. The person who does whatever it is that they do, they can become just that. And then they could say to themselves, is this really what I want to be? But especially when it's around the house and it's menial tasks. Most people don't want to be that housekeeper. They've got better things to do. Trees falling in the forest doesn't really require one to ask questions. Unless you might happen to be a lumberjack, <laughs> a timberer. And then it may only be for the sake of getting out of the way of the falling tree. Or at least paying attention enough <laughs> that you know what's happening. My point is this. Sometimes those questions really don't need to be asked. But humans, we like to ask them. And really, not only do we like to ask them about trees falling in the forest and do they make a sound, does anybody really want to do the menial chores around the house, cleaning, washing dishes? Wouldn't it be nice if we just could all have those things done by something or someone, I suppose, that really doesn't care? It's not who I am. I just do this. The dishwasher doesn't ask itself, does it want to wash dishes or is washing dishes a menial task? Maybe we'd be better if we didn't, but that's not our human nature. Our human nature is to want to put a narrative on things, to ascribe some meaning to it, and even with that, add the additional dimension of purpose. Psychology Today. January, February of 2023, the moments that give you meaning, finding meaning makes us healthier and more fulfilled by Andrea Bonmore, PhD. How do you find meaning in a world that offers no shortage of stress? In a life that is filled with the worries of getting through the responsibilities of the day? Unfortunately, many people struggle to connect with that deeper sense of meaning. If you want to begin to think more deeply about this, there are some simple questions to ask yourself. The first question she offers. When are you in flow? Psychologist, my Haley. Assistant, my Haley has studied the concept of flow, a pillar of positive psychology research that he pointed out in the 1970s. When you are in flow, you are so fully engaged and immersed in an activity that you feel relaxed but also challenged, challenged, interested but not stressed. It is doing something where you lose your sense of time, and your focus only, or you focus only on the task at hand in a positive way. It's the opposite of clock watching, where you want the task to be over. What types of activities bring you to this state? Are there parts of your job that you love and that you feel make the time speed by? Are there hobbies that seem to make a Saturday afternoon disappear in a good way? Are there people? 
You should spend time with who help you forget your worries, get rid of past baggage and future concerns. These clues can help fine-tune what resonates with you most deeply. The second question asked, Whose faces do you see when you think about love? Not everyone's sense of meaning or purpose is intrinsically tied to other people, but for many, relationships with others are the foundation of it. Or perhaps it's not necessarily people, but certain animals with which you have the most profound connection. What does love mean to you when you imagine the faces that embody it? Who comes to mind? It is not uncommon for someone to believe that the true meaning of life comes not from professional pursuits, but from other people. Or perhaps it is both professional and personal. The organization you work for, the people you volunteer to help, or the community or cause you have come to believe in. Love can mean many things to many people, but when you imagine what it means to you, it can often point you in the direction or the right direction of your purpose. Thinking about the reason that you are on this earth and the legacy you want to leave behind. The third question. What are you most willing to put effort into? We all have different levels of motivation for different tasks, and some activities feel almost effortless because we like doing them so much. Think about when you actually enjoy hard work. Paradoxically, of course, those activities likely don't feel like work, at least not in the same way completing work you don't enjoy does. This old saying is true. Find something you love to do, and you'll never work a day in your life. Of course, many of us will never truly love our jobs, and that's okay. And even those of us who have been able to feel passionate about our work may go through many periods of feeling taxed, stressed, and overworked by those same careers. But if you can examine your patterns about what you have worked hard for and have wanted to work hard for, this will help you determine what types of pursuits or pursuit are most worthy of your time and of your heart and soul. Question number four. If you were to write your own obituary, what would it say? As much as this can feel like a morbid exercise or even a silly one, imagining what you want your life's legacy to be can help in the search for purpose. Andrea Bonwire died Monday as the first 107-year-old to win a basketball championship in space. <laughs> that was in parentheses. Looking back on your life as it nears its end can truly be useful in determining what you want to devote your most precious time to. Those who work with people who are at the end of their lives say that they tend to see the same regrets over and over again, often involving too much worry about the things that shouldn't have mattered at the expense of those who have come to matter most of all. What do you want to leave behind tangibly, emotionally, and socially? 
And finally, question number five, if you had a day free of responsibilities and commitments, what would you do? Try for a moment to picture a completely blank slate, free of concerns about what happened yesterday and what will happen tomorrow. Of course, you could have the instinct just to relax, to repair yourself with extra sleep, a long Netflix binge, or a massage. Instead, you've already recharged with your energies and talents ready to be spent on anything of your choosing. What would you devote the time to or devote time to? Remove the to-do checklist that weighs you down and get a better sense or get a better sense of what you would choose to do in life rather than what you feel you have no choice but to do. In doing so, you can have a clearer focus on how to spend your time. After all, the choice is ultimately yours. Andrea Bonoir, Bonoir, PhD, a clinical psychologist and lecturer at the faculty of Georgetown University, is the author of Detox Your Thoughts. The moments that give your give you meaning, finding meaning makes us healthier, more fulfilled, by not Andrea Bonoir but Bonoir, Ph.D. And so when I read the parentheses part, died Monday as the first 107-year-old to win a basketball championship in space, I suspect she was considering what her obituary might actually look like. Sorry for all the errors. But who cares? (laughs) So we have podcast. It doesn't really speak to who I am. It really doesn't define me. I care. I don't want to misrepresent anything. That's why I make the corrections or go ahead and admit to the mistakes so I can make corrections and give you factual information as much word by word from Psychology Today, January, February 2023. But maybe we ask too much questions or too many questions, too much in the way of questions. Maybe meaning and purpose in life When you start to ask all those questions, it kind of tells us where the problem is. Dishwashers wash dishes. They don't reflect on whether they want to wash dishes, whether it labels them in a derogative way, whether they're male or female, whether it's appropriate to say lumberjack, tree timber, (laughs) tree cutter, uh, whether you're okay to cut down trees or not, as environmentalists may see it quite the contrary. Um, Those are a lot of questions. (laughs) Whether it's a man's job or a woman's job, whether it's a teenager's job, there's jobs to do, there's work to be done. And it can be gratifying and fulfilling and you can come up with, you can run this list and probably again, it's the human nature to want to create a narrative, a story, and, and that's really what narratives are. And they are constructs. You create your story. Nobody else creates it for you, or if they do, it should only be contributory. And if they have created your story, you're probably not a very happy person. But beyond that, to the end of possibly knowing when you're going to be happy, or how it all rightly fits in with your life, Maybe there's another side to that. 
Not to the neglect entirely of the narrative, we're all about identity, we're all about who we are, and in that way we're all narcissists. I, I kind of get a bit frustrated with this idea that we're now we're pointing fingers at everyone and saying, well you're a narcissist, you're a narcissist, how do I know? Because it make it all about you. No, it's human nature to make it all about me. It's your human nature to make it all about you. It only becomes a problem when I don't enjoy your story or you don't enjoy mine or I'm so busy telling you about yours, I don't care to hear about yours. And then it's only a problem because eventually I will get offended that you don't listen to my story as you were offended when I didn't listen to yours in the first place. Stories are stories. It's what obituaries are. <laughs> They're reviews of your story. Funerals. That's what they are. They're, they're, they're actually sort of histories. They're not necessarily autobiographical, although I suppose you could write your own funeral service and what you would want the, those that officiate to say about you or you'd want people to say about you, put that in your will as well in Testament. Have that read. Uh, you could probably even go ahead and script your epitaph to put on your tombstone if they still do that or your urn or maybe we'll, you know, people just be <laughs> cremated. I mean, all of those things come and go in terms of, I don't know, activities, responsibilities, facts, events in life. But none of those should define you. And rather than maybe going to all the extent of coming up with a narrative that takes into account why you've got to clean the toilet today and tomorrow you may be on the golf course. Or playing tennis and somebody else has got to clean the toilet. Or why anybody should have to clean the toilet at all. Maybe you need a housekeeper, but you don't have the money to have a housekeeper. Why not everybody else? I mean, we're awfully preoccupied with ourselves and our own stories. And even as much as this article was about attempting to assist people in trying to figure out or determine... The moments that give your life meaning or that give you meaning, maybe, maybe really the messaging in it is just the opposite. It seemed to me that was the case. When are you in flow? When you don't think about it. What faces do you see when you think about love? You certainly think about those people that are, you are with, but you don't necessarily think about the people in some sort of defining way in a conflict sort of way or defining way that leads to conflict like this narcissism you define them because you just enjoy being with them you enjoy having that opportunity to have fun and not making it about any particular story or narrative necessarily it's just again maybe like with flow it's being in the moment what are you most willing to put effort into Think about, quote from the article, think about when you actually enjoy hard work. Paradoxically, of course, these activities or those activities likely don't feel like work. Maybe it's us trying to find too much in the way of purpose and meaning that makes our life hard, especially if it's we're so locked into what we are and everything having to fit into a life narrative that when it doesn't fit, it causes us great distress. 
Now, you can't completely dismiss identity, and you can't dismiss personality, and you can't dismiss a person's name, and you shouldn't probably do too much dismissive to whatever they've come to identify with, construct, as gender, identity sort of things like gender, uh, professions. But when you get so much into that stuff, and you're not into just being who you are, it probably says you're thinking way too much about it. And I would be one to believe, even as the article seems to capture it, that's when you start to feel life to be rather tedious or tedious. That's when you have to make everything fit. That's when you get into too much control. That's when everything seems threatening. That's when you really deserve the diagnosis of narcissist, not just narcissism. We all have that. But truly to the extended degree that you become a pain in everybody's keister. If you're to write your own obituary, who cares? If you care too much about that and you have to come up with something like Andra Bonewire <laughs> came up with. Died Monday as the first 107-year-old to win a basketball championship in space. Okay. It's a bit of forecasting, a bit of projection. Okay. But I think you're not able to live in a moment, in a real-time flow dimension, in allowing yourself to take in and experience all the aspects of life, hopefully more of them pleasurable than painful, but life is filled full of pain. It's just the way it is. But trying to judge why you have this or they have that or you have more of this, they have more of that, you have more pain, they have less pain. Why did it happen to you? Why did it happen to them? I'd want it to happen to me. And so the conclusion of the article in terms of questions, if you had a day free of responsibilities and commitments, what would you do? Nothing. Don't think about those things so much. Yes, it's impossible to completely remove yourself from that because there's a lot of people, maybe all of us at any particular time, that's going to be so preoccupied with those definitions, ascribing meaning and purpose to life, you're going to get caught up in that. But count it a blessing or look to opportunities where you don't have to deal with that. Try for a moment to picture a completely blank slate, free of concerns about what happened yesterday and what will happen tomorrow. Of course, you could have the instinct just to relax, to repair yourself with extra sleep. I don't know that Andrew really has tried to tell us to dig any deeper than we are naturally inclined to in terms of meaning and purpose, but maybe what she's trying to say is once you get in those weeds, it's pretty easy to see how you may actually not only want to get out, but be desperate to get out, desperate enough, you would just walk away from that stuff. Do you want to do it totally no. Why? Because the world doesn't operate that way. It does operate in terms of definitions and identities and meaning and purpose. And everybody's got a story. And everybody's important. Narrative is important. Storyline is important. We can't escape it. Movies, books, history books, facts. 
cultures. I mean, identity. It's all about that. But maybe the greatest experiences in life is, is when you don't. When you're not so caught up in it. Respectfully so, psychological counseling attends to the individual and the person. But maybe Andrea is really doing an intervention on us. <laughs> She's saying, okay, come see me. We'll talk about all these things. But in the end, by the time we try to figure all this out, you'll be glad to stop thinking about it. You'll just be a dishwasher. The appliance, or if you've got a chore to do in the house, don't try to label it. Don't try to judge it. Just do it. it you're going to do something. And I do think that not doing anything is doing something, but most of us realize that to not do anything, you do run the risk of somebody else not doing it either, and some things are essential. I don't know if washing dishes would be essential. I don't know if cleaning the toilet would be essential, or the bathtub, or running the sweeper, or mowing the grass. But I do think eating and sleeping and taking care of the basic needs, but the more you move beyond that and how you might even help each other to take care of the basic needs, how you can kind of share common space and not impose too much of your narcissistic bent on everybody else. Uh, Stop being so preoccupied with the narratives. Just allow things to be. Maybe that is really the intervention. Maybe she's in some sort of a kind of an obvious, inobvious, I guess would be the right word, the better word, way trying to get us to realize you're thinking way too much about yourself. And, you know, there's all kinds of reasons people do psychological counseling. And there's all kinds of reasons people come to psychological counselors, do psychotherapy. But in the end, maybe closure is it really doesn't matter anymore. You can just put that one to rest. But don't take on extra stuff. Maybe learn along the way. Simple is better. You didn't bring anything into this world. You're not going to take anything with you when you leave this world. So if there's anything horrible about this world, it must be something that you built, you constructed. You could deconstruct it. You could declutter. You could simplify. That's a good message, right? It may not bring you back for a third or fourth or fifth or tenth session to see me. Uh, We could keep going around that bush, that mountain over and over and over again by continuing to ask these never-ending, incessant questions about what does it mean? Why is it purposeful to me? And it's not me being disregarding of you as a person. I'm just saying maybe you don't want to do too much of that or any more than is necessary. Maybe the best things in life really are when you lose yourself. Especially with another person. Usually that's what, one of those things that we use to, ways that we describe, we use to describe love. I've lost myself. I've lost my identity if my identity creates any opportunity for unhealthy conflict or if it's unhealthy or if it's conflict and it's unhealthy, 
it's because we're banging into each other rather than saying, oh, well, yeah, I could do it this way today. Or, oh, yeah, it's my day to do this menial chore. It doesn't make you a housekeeper. You're not going to do it forever. But the same thing about work. If your work becomes who you are, then you leave very little room for anything else. If we really do believe in diversity and inclusion, and in that sort of way, equality, then do it to yourself first, with yourself first. Don't be so rigid that you can't accept or do anything different. Don't let your personality predominate so much that it either has to be your way or you're going to have an anxiety attack or you're going to get sad and depressed because somebody else has got it their way. And if it's a fad, it'll pass. It won't last. And truly, again, in that same spirit, you didn't bring anything in. You're not going to take anything with you when you go. I don't think when it's all said and done, any of the stuff that we are really worrying about and fighting about and struggling with, maybe it really doesn't matter. But you've got to be confident enough <laughs> to let it go and then discover the innocence that is. And maybe ignorance can be a bit bliss if it does not create so much need for more knowledge, more information. So we know there's an answer out there somewhere. We just need to find it. I will go the journey with you, or at least the part of the journey that you may want to take me along. But at the same time, the journey is yours. But don't be surprised in the end. You don't have anything more than what you began with. But maybe that's true contentment. Just don't forget to find it at strategic points at least along the way. Make an effort strategically to find it along the way. And maybe you can live a life that has far less of all the headaches that go with you. And trying to preserve you. And who your identity is. And what we're all about. And what the meaning and purpose of life is. That's what I'd tell you probably if you came to see me. But I'd probably do it the same way Andrea did. I'd do it politely and respectfully and considerately and acknowledge, yeah, there's times when that matters. But in the end, don't forget, it really doesn't. So this article I thought was a very useful one. Even though it seems a bit counterintuitive, at least within the context of the title, the moments that give you meaning, finding meaning makes us healthier and more fulfilled. I think it does only because once you find it, <laughs> then you realize what a trap, what a prison cell, what a slave you become to that if you don't also understand, okay, now I just need to let it go. Need to stay away from that as much as possible. Need to not judge it. Need to not compare it. Need not so be so offended by it if somebody else doesn't agree. Let me just hang out and have some fun. Life should not be such the pain in the keister. Psychology Today, 2023. You're listening to Word with Dave Clay. And should you find any of the things that I would offer in terms of perspective, uh, interesting, useful even, I'd want to invite you back to the next podcast. And in the meantime, 
I always want to wish you not only good health, but good mental health. Until we meet again. Thanks.